Hello and welcome back to Football Genfron, the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. Uh, or it may be the only podcast dedicated to Armenian football. I don't know. Never looked it up. I am joined here today by the usual suspects, Chalens and Armin. How are you gentlemen doing on this fine Monday? Hello, everybody. Great. There's so much to talk about, and I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I, I know it sounds like it's like a running joke now that we say this in literally every episode, but there is a lot. <laughs> every episode. <laughs> hey, after, a lot after Football Gantron Future Stars and an interview. Yeah, uh, and if you haven't already, um, go check out that interview with Felix Verayan. He is a very cool guy. He was a pleasure to talk to. You'll learn a lot. It was a great interview. Uh, we thoroughly enjoyed giving it, and uh, we've gotten great feedback from it already. Um, and if you haven't done so, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, like us on Facebook, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, everything that's uploaded there. Um, we are planning on doing a lot of content, uh, and we are marching forward, and you know we're trying to grow as much as possible and spread the good word of Armenian football uh, to the English-speaking world. So every bit of support helps. Um, so let's jump right into it, gentlemen. We are first going to be talking about the Armenian Premier League, which is back uh this week after a very long winter hiatus um and there is a lot of transfers that occurred in armenia uh we're going to be talking about several clubs right now and essentially letting you know what transfers happened both armenian players and non-armenian players and giving our little bit of insight and um our perspective on how we feel uh this is going to affect not only the title race but the race for the european spots first gentlemen let us start our discussion with Urardu. Um, Urardu, of course, is one of our <laughs> favorite clubs in Armenia, not because of their um, prestige, uh, but rather because of their philosophy. Um, they are one of the few clubs in Armenia that have a strong working academy system uh, that is churning out good academy products uh, and sending them places. And something we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but let's open up... <laughs> The table, uh, Chadens and Armen. First big, big transfer Urardu made uh, in this APL transfer window is they signed Eric Vardanian from Sochi, uh, of course, who had formerly was on loan to Punic. Um, this is an interesting transfer um, because we know how talented Vardanian is. We know that he was linked to uh, clubs in Kazakhstan, we know he's more than good enough to be playing in the Russian Premier League, but who wants to play in Russia nowadays? Am I right? Um, that was a... You're allowed <laughs> you to laugh. There. You yeah. went there. Oh, we're going to go there a lot today. We were saying... We were, we were going to say that for later, but there. So this brings uh, <laughs> Eric Vardanian straight back into the Armenian Premier League. Um, Arben, super talented guy, uh, was clearly in the national team picture. I, every time he's on the ball, you know... He he's one of those players similar to Vahan, Girard Chagoyan, Narek uh, Grigorian, Edward Spertian. You know, like when this kid gets on the ball, he's going to do something magical. Um, still in the APL. What are your initial thoughts on this move? Uh, I mean, not bad, honestly, because uh, he was linked to a club in Kazakhstan. I think it was Astana, as you mentioned, and we talked about this. Astana was not going to be a viable uh, alternative because they play synthetic grass 
which is basically going to ruin his knee. And Eric Vartanian has a very uh, serious condition, which basically didn't let him go through at uh, Barcelona, where he made his academy years. So speaking of Barcelona and Spain and Joaquin Caparros, I suspect, and it's as you as you say, it's more of an educated guess by now. Uh, that Caparros might have had a lot to do with this transfer. Why? Because first and foremost, you mentioned, you kind of hinted that Caparros includes Eric Bartanian as part of his uh, project for the national team, right? And he, I, this is something I noticed and uh, I kind of talk about it often, that Caparros revamped Eric Bartanian and reinvented Eric Bartanian as a deeper kind of more balanced central midfielder slash defensive even um but of course with creative abilities first and foremost so instead of being used or deployed as a number 10 for the national team he's been lately used as a deeper central mid mm -hmm. and he always caparros of course always highlights eric Bartania's talents and mm -hmm. uh, well of course as i said there's the spanish communication that basically improved uh, everything. And that connection, that Spanish connection at, at Urartu will be clearer than ever because a lot of the stuff at Urartu is Spanish, actually, with the tiki-taka philosophy and everything. So everything Caparros has in store for Eric will run through Urartu and vice versa, of course. And yeah, I think this move should bring the best in Eric and get him as fit and as in form as possible for the national team and why not eventually a career abroad yes uh one notable mm -hmm. thing if you look at any of the statistics chadens this is going to come your way um urardu are a very balanced club and when i say balanced i mean balanced this team in the 18 matches so far in the apl has six wins six draws and six losses they've scored 17 goals and they've conceded 17 goals with a plus they have quality on every line, plus zero goal difference. Now, here's my thing, and Chadens, you may be able to speak to this. Having an option like Eric Vardanian now to have in the midfield, do you suspect his talents will be good enough to help Urardu score more goals? Because they're clearly not scoring enough. Yeah, they needed it, and. Like Armin said, I was going to add that uh, the environment that he's in, mm -hmm. it's probably, well, very likely and hopefully is going to help him to change that. They mm -hmm. need they need goals. You can clearly see they need goals. Um, the, they haven't. They haven't got that flow that they need. Mm -hmm. Uh, the philosophy is there in terms of football, but they need that kind of drive to get them to where they need. Last last year they were in European position. Mm -hmm. They went to Europe, so they need that back. Yeah, and and like you said, uh, it's the talent. It's the 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 things there. The 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 philosophies there. They're just they the talent is just you know they have too much weight on one person who we'll be discussing shortly. Um, elsewhere though, to help with this attacking drought that Uradu is kind of going through. They signed 27-year-old Ukrainian striker Dmitry Khlobas, 
um, who has about a decade of experience in the Ukrainian Premier League and comes off after one season in the Kazakh Premier League. Uh, he will be competing with Armenian national team striker Artur Miranian, uh, who scored their only goal against Norabak via a penalty um, in their first match back. Miranian comes off from injuries and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and why not, instead of competing, complimenting it, can always yeah. play 4-4-2 and stuff. Which they, which you know, uh, which which they have done. I'm not going to say that they don't. I think Arzumanian's preference has been has been. Uh, I think he plays like a five-three-two. I think that's what been his normal go-to formation. So we'll see. Um, it's always an interesting team. But the huge news coming out of Urardu uh, today, actually, is that 20-year-old uh, and Armenia under-21 captain Narek Grigorian has reportedly signed for Jagiellonia Bielistok of the Polish Extra Extra Classica. Uh, Urardu confirmed the departure today. Ottoman, what are your initial thoughts on this transfer? Huge news. Yeah, what's not to love about this? Uh, future again from Future Stars. Uh, football again from Future Stars. Jesus. Uh, yeah, we are excited. And you can tell by the tone of my voice and my, my mistakes. But wow. Uh, what kind of domino effect has Bahan Bichachian established in Poland, man? Uh, there's so much to say. Uh, yeah, was not a Krikorian. What a complete kind of player. You know, um, meter and 80 centimeters tall, well-rounded, attacking, creative, can play, can dribble, can shoot. He's basically the real deal at only 20 years old. Um, I, I seriously love this dude, man. Uh, he basically delivered plenty when he played for the national team two times last semester against Germany and North Macedonia, playing 15 minutes off the bench each game, I believe. And both games really, he showed up all right. Uh, not uh, challenge. Is there something you want to say about Nadek? I, uh, there's so much, man. There's, <laughs> it's so interesting. We discussed a lot about him um, in our. Uh future stars yeah uh, the latest one this is a very good and interesting uh transfer uh as i can see uh, you know he's going to be working there, right uh well i guess van's reputation but uh Not just we that. discussed it we discussed that his fellow uh, manager. Yeah, that's right. And this go. is very good because uh, there's a lot of credit to them. There's a lot of credit uh, to the Urardu team, to the Urardu staff. And that is what I was going to note here as well, that as I can see with the, the staff, there's a new manager in, uh, in his new team as well. So mm. there's a... Uh, that's interesting. Maybe, maybe there's some kind of uh, uh, good environment for him that's ready, and hopefully it'll be something looking for. Yeah, and and as we said, Robert Arzumanian is former now former theoretically uh, coach at Urardu is a former national team Armenian national team center back played for Jagiellonia Belistuk. That's how you pronounce it. 
in in Poland, and that's clearly the link. Uh, yeah, but elsewhere we have news concerning FC Van. We're gonna get back to Nadek Gregorian over time because it's Adam's boy. But Adam, yes, I do absolutely. have a question for you about FC Van. Uh, yes. Do you remember Hifk Oyevko as Felix Berahian said? Oh. Yeah, the Finnish giants are going through a whole makeover, a complete team makeover uh, with their squad. Same is happening in Armenia with FC Van. Tell us about that. Yeah, FC Van is like big time overhaul right now. They signed over 10 players in the winter transfer window and let go of a lot of players as well. Um, their highlight was Domenico Coppola, the former Italian under-17 goalkeeper who comes straight off the Torino bench. Um I don't know how these clubs like Van and Noravank are managing to sign <laughs> yeah, these that players. Was... This makes and no actually, sense. Wasn't, wasn't Van the the club? Yeah, it was the club linked to Carlos Carbonero, the Colombian. Yeah, yes, yes. At the end, yeah. didn't go through. But yeah. <laughs> still pretty big. Well, they also signed the Ecuadorian midfielder Silvio Gutierrez uh, with vast experience in Libertadores <laughs> and Copa Americana. What's with the Italian the Italian pronunciation for Latin America? Gutierrez. Yeah, so FC Vaughn, uh, I mean, huge moves. They are currently right now, if I'm not mistaken, sitting in seventh place, actually nine points behind Urardu. Um, oh, they're, they're betting on the cup. Yeah, they're they're clearly betting on the cup. But um, we'll see what happens there. They're going to be very, very, very interesting to watch. Um But speaking of interesting to watch, in my opinion, the most interesting team so far this season, Ararat Armenia. Of course, the league leaders uh, in the Armenian Premier League uh, with uh, 46 points currently and a plus 26 goal difference, uh, only losing once so far this season, um, have signed, uh, have actually lost players kind of more than they've signed players. Uh, Former Armenian national team striker Alexander Karapetyan, uh, signed uh, or left FC Arada Armenia and signed for Alashkert, uh, our not so favorite team <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, but they also yeah, let's move on. Yeah, but they also did bring in Armenian national team midfielder Solomon Udo uh, from Shakhtar Karaganda in um, the uh, Kazakh Premier League. Guys, I know like we love Udo. Uh, and we see that Arara Armenia are building a very, very solid team. Uh, they are clearly uh, looking to not only wrap up the title, but they also would like to be playing in Europe. Uh, Chadens, I'll start with you on this question. Arara Armenia has a crazy squad right now. Um, they are, of course, being heavily, heavily led by Malice and Lima, uh, the uh, winger uh, left winger from Cape Verde, um, who is the league leader currently in goals with 13 goals and has six assists so far this season. But he is now injured, um, as reports have come in. And Girard Charoyan, who we, of course, love a lot, um, has taken his place in the lineup. And we'll see how long the injury lasts. But do you think Charoyan has what it takes to step up and help Arada Armenia get to this title and get to Europe? W-E-S. Uh, it's not how you spell yes, Oda, but oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's staying in all right. West Bromwich, West Bromwich, yeah, West. West, if Sweetie was doing the show, he would be saying West. West. Uh, 
yeah so <laughs> yes uh definitely uh it's a big win for him he's mm-hmm. gonna use it as an advantage as a um it's needed it was needed for him uh it was a few days ago i kept uh mentioning him uh not just on twitter but when we were chatting how he needs that it's his time to to get going yeah and if you look at Ottawa armenia's current squad uh they don't have many armenian players but the armenian players they do have pretty much all play for the national team you have david terterian at, at right back you have obemar angulo garim muradian solomon udo These six players regularly have been featuring in national team squads. In addition to those six players, you have Armen Ambarsumian and you have Armen Armen Hovanesian, the the young forward. Uh, But he actually transferred to Moldavia. Yeah, Yeah, he He went to Moldavia. We're going to get a lot of news because as we mentioned on our previous show, I think he was already banging him by the tons in uh, friendlies, including one against Sheriff Tiraspol. So, uh, yeah, more news on Armin, future star uh, coming soon. Whose manager actually resigned, by the way. I don't know if you read that, Armin. Sheriff's manager no. resigned, and he uh, he went to Ukraine. Oh, I think I read about this, yeah. Ah, yeah, Vernidub. He's yep. a pretty well-known Ukrainian coach. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> who knows, man? I mean, uh, the club Armin signed for aren't doing that great. They're right above uh, low table relegation uh, places but they're they're a giant that's uh, kind of asleep hopefully armen can bring them up again yeah if anyone can it's people named armen right yeah you exactly <laughs> you got it right you got that right all right uh next up we are going to be talking about bekma uh eric simonian from urardu the young um the u19 year old central defender uh, has made a move to Bekma, of course, as we know, uh, for uh, whenever Armenian players uh, who are a little bit more on the well-known side have to do their military service, they get transferred over to Bekma, uh, and that's where they uh, continue to play during their military service. Interestingly enough, um, Eric Simonian had a national team call up to the senior national team not too long ago, but didn't make it. I believe, was it like an injury or something last minute? Uh, and mm-hmm. And he wasn't, yeah, he, unfortunately, I think he trained one day with the team, but that was about it. Um, it was but, the first, the first camp under Caparros back in 2020. There you go. So we're looking uh, forward to seeing him a little bit more now that uh, he, he was playing with Urardu last season. He had a fair few amount of, he had double digit appearances, but I think he'll slot in very nicely uh, at the back of my back line, uh, working with Stiopa Mukachan of uh, the Armenia Under-21 national team. So hopefully that works out well. Um, another club, Norabank, signed two Nigerian strikers. Shuabu, uh, Shuabu, Shuabu, Ibrahim, uh, that comes over from, get <laughs> from five seasons in the Norwegian top flight at different clubs. And Tenton Yene, who comes uh, after being a bench warmer for none other than MSK Jolina, where Vahan Bichakjan just left. Uh, so one of his former cool. teammates. Very interesting uh, connection over there. Um, elsewhere, some kind of big transfers. Uh, Jakuba Sulu of Adela Yerevan has left to go to Sankt Polten of the Austrian second tier. Uh, this is a club that is kind of back and forth between the Austrian Bundesliga and second division. Um, so, I mean, good luck to Jakuba. We loved him in the Armenian Premier League. He was a great goal scorer. 
Um, hopefully, um, he just you know has a good career. Next up, guys, um, this is kind of a big one. Uh, who's made a lot of notable transfers during this transfer window is FC Punic. Oof, this is going to be a lot to get through, guys. <laughs> first, yeah, notable names. Notable names. The first one, uh, Chadens. I want your opinion on this one. David Yurchenko, Armenian national team goalkeeper, has left Alashift and gone to Punic. This move, good, yay or nay? What do you think? Yay. <laughs> oh, that wasn't confident. Why? What's holding you back from giving it a really good thumbs up? Because of the question that I was asking a few days ago. <laughs> Which was? If he's got many years left or not. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, it's not, it's not bad. Uh, it's not a bad thing. Yo. It's just better uh, than Alasket. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. In Be- terms of better than uh, being a bench warmer at Alasket. Well, yeah. No, 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 no. In t- for him personally, it's 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 good. He that means that he's going to be playing at a good uh, spot. And if he's if he's going good, he's going to be the most uh, consistent uh, goalkeeper chosen. But in my preference, it's that new goalkeepers, younger goalkeepers start coming in slowly, slowly. Yeah. It's one position. It's going to be difficult to test out for the national team. Of course. Which goalkeeper we need. Mm-hmm. But Yurchenko is, is someone we can trust. But on the long run, we need to test out more goalkeepers. Oh, that, if he's we're gonna, keeping his We're going to talk about this yeah. by the end of the show, though. Didn't that's, a easy cool. that's a great yeah. point because uh, also simultaneously... This move hopefully uh, prevents Bushnev from ever playing for the national team ever again. We fingers can, crossed. That Knock on only wood. Only fingers. Uh, next up, this is, uh, I would say, arguably, I mean, Armin's going to disagree with me, but arguably the biggest transfer, in my opinion, um, inter-APL, is Serge Deble leaving Adelaide Yerevan to join Punic. Of course, Serge Deble is a monster of a striker. Top scorer. Mm-hmm. Top scorer uh, bangs him in left, right, and center, and now he he comes into this Punic side, um, and he's only making them better. Who are currently sitting in second place, and they're really really clawing their way to catch up to Adelaide Armenia. Um, Artak Dashyan, uh, back from the Kazakh Premier League, is back to Punic, but who I think Armen is going to want to talk about a little bit, and uh, one of his favorite players, Gavork Najarian, has officially signed yeah. for Punic. Uh, Armen. Give us a little bit more about Gev and uh, his initial thoughts on joining Armenia, why he picked Punic, and what's going on over there. This is this is legit, honestly. The best news, uh, one of the best news, maybe, because there has been so much, as we always say, and this, wow. Man, finally, we needed something like this, you know? Um, as anticipated, Gevork Najarian was getting closer and closer to Armenian spheres in football. He basically played for over five seasons in top Kazakh clubs. And I mean top with vast experience in Europe and stuff. He played for the Kazakh national team once, but then was left out. And, you know, increasingly, we have been hinting that maybe he would choose to play for us and that suspicion came to fruition now Gevork Najarian gave a short Q&A with Punic uh, on social media 
And here are some of the takeaways we got from that interview. First and foremost, uh, of course, he was offer he had offers from the Ukrainian Premier League, as reported several times over the winter transfer window. Uh, also, apparently, he had offers from Poland, and he's just talked about those offers now uh, and Slovenia. Aside from the offer he got from Lechia Varsavia in 2019, no, he had even offers from Poland now. Uh, well, he turned turned those down and chose Kunik apparently for personal reasons. Perfect, fine by me. Then he, of course, he made many Armenian acquaintances over his time as a pro footballer in Kazakhstan, like Kamo Vanessian, uh, Tigran Bazekian, Kevur Kazarian, etc. He is, of course, happy to join Punic because of the serious European aspirations. And this is key. Uh, and, of course, the quality of his teammates there, including, as we said, former teammates of his, uh, Chakter Karaganda, Georg Kazarian. Uh, he comes a bit out of form. We know this, and he admittedly said this. And he's looking to change that in Armenia under better uh, circumstances. He knows he can play defensive mid, central mid, you know, all around at creative positions and defensive midfielder, but he doesn't mind where uh, coach Erisha Melikian will place him as long as he gets playtime. Last but not least, I was going to link this to a possible national team call-up because versatility is what we need in the midfield, especially defensive midfield. Uh, He said that being Armenian national team player would be a dream come true for him and hopefully he can make his national team debut for Armenia this year confirming as we said our oracle from December yes huge news over there um of course I think I I think in terms selfishly from the perspective of wanting the Armenian Premier League to grow super happy with this move because he's a quality player and as we were just a transition move come on of course it is, but I think him staying in Armenia for one or two years will only benefit him even more because if exactly. with Punic's European aspirations, if Punic is playing Conference League next season, which we really hope they can qualify for, and they seem to have the talent to do it, it would only make him even more attractive to much larger clubs. Um, and hopefully he does join the national team. But speaking of, 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 of talent, I mean... He will. He's going to be surrounded by not only really quality Armenian players, um, but he's going to be surrounded by a lot of quality foreigners. Uh, we have uh, they've Punic also signed Zambrano, who's a Venezuelan midfielder who played in the MLS for Portland Timbers, spent a couple of years in Spain with Valladolid, uh, and now he's at Punic. Alexander Gomez, another Venezuelan fullback, he's capped 60 times with Venezuela. Had five seasons in the Swiss top flight, including at Young Boys, uh, and several years in Spain where he played for Elche and Malaga. And now we're talking about a lot of quality just coming in to this Punic team. Um, and, of course, having the very versatile Gevork Najarian be in the middle of all of it, I, I think we can really, really expect good things to come from this side. Hopefully, as long as they play, because... You never know with the same team that plays Butch never. You never know, but yeah, uh, I'm mostly confident Lord. about Punic. Yeah, I mean they have a they have a large number of foreigners, uh, but all their goalkeepers but are the Armenian. Biggest, they're not they're the not biggest, the biggest yeah. breakthrough 
when it comes to the transfers, are they? No, they are not the biggest breakthrough when it comes to transfers. We have FC Noah over here that has been wrecking, in our opinion, the Armenian transfer market in the best way possible. They have signed uh, football Gentron favorites Artur Kartashian and Gevork Darakjan from FC Sevan uh, into this Noah team. Not only have they signed those two, but they also signed Vardan Shahatuni from FC Arat Armenia, the young goalkeeper, another Armenian goalkeeper at FC Noah. They also signed three Moldovans, including national team player and former FCAA striker Dan Spartu. Uh, they signed Deramane Salu, the Burkino Faso national team striker and ex-partisan Olympic Donetsk and Punic midfielder. And they've signed a lot of shitty Russian players, which, you know, we'll forget about those. But highlight of their <laughs> signings in terms of football against and the players that we love to see and that we have talked about. Armen, again, I'm going to pitch this to you because you know him most. Haik Musakanyan has signed for Noah. Um, he gave a quick Q&A on the club's YouTube channel. Tell us a little bit more about Haik's thoughts on joining this very aspirational Noah side. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Another, <laughs> listen to the check this out, all right? Another diasporan Armenian, another uh, that comes to Armenia, right? Uh, he is also 23, almost 24 years old. If I'm not mistaken, already 24, both of them. He is also a defensive midfielder, just like Georg Najarian. Any coincidence, any similarity is a coincidence. Now, Jokes aside, another great news. Uh, the one difference I would say is Najarian is short and Haik Musakhanian is over a meter and 90 tall. I call him the Armenian Busquets, but he is a little bit more defensive. Haik also gave another uh, short Q&A with the Noah's YouTube page and social media. Some of the key takeaways are pretty much the same, though. He thinks he is... Uh, the team, Noah, is good enough to finish top three, but they, are, at the moment, they aren't. They're looking to, you know, they have these ambitions to play Europe. Hopefully, they make it too. But, you know, there's always only so much space in the table. He knows he's coming to a slightly better league than the one he was playing before that, before the APL. He was playing in Belarus. But he grew up in France, in Strasbourg. So, you know, he's got that uh, Joe Bonito from France. I don't know how they say Joe Bonito in France, but who cares? Uh, <laughs> <Je> <laughs> he's to Armenia to... Oh, okay. That. okay. <laughs> we, we will outsource that one to Theo. Uh, <laughs> he comes to Armenia to improve his fitness, which we know and we have talked about, uh, that the one uh, downside of his game is fitness because it's so tall and stuff, but... Lately, as he has been used as a central back for Noah, mm -hmm. which was a surprise, uh, he was pretty much on point. He did not need to run all that much. He almost scored bangers and basically was insane in the few games he's had for Noah so far. He said he likes playing defensive mid more than he likes playing offensive or uh, on creative roles. Which, I don't know if it's true or not, but he knows JC, he knows Caparros is watching, and he knows the national team needs more defensive mids than at the creative number 10s and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. And, you know, so far he's delivered at Noah as a center back. So, yeah, that's it, not a point to take lightly. 
Yeah, and and Noah in that in their first game back, I think it was against Adara Armenia. Uh, they played seven Armenians. Uh, they started with Harutunyan up top, Darakjan on the left, Shahinyan in midfield, and then in the back you had Kartashian, Musakhanyan, Ararat, and Matevosyan in between the sticks. Um, lot lovely of, team. Yeah, lovely team. They were playing, in my opinion, very well. Unlucky, uh, I think, to draw, but Ararat held out pretty well in that match. Um, Chadens. We just discussed a lot <laughs> right now, so why don't you go ahead and wrap up uh, your initial thoughts or your final thoughts, rather, on um, on this transfer market in the Armenian Premier League? Clearly, Noah and Punic are the only ones, are well, the, the ones that improve their squads the most by far, and some could say this was perhaps the best transfer window for the APL in a long, long time. Uh, Ararat Yerevan is the one that got dismantled the most with their entire tactics and approach forced to be changed from the first half of the season that took them to top three. Uh, Ararat Armenia remains mostly the same. They're trying to keep the distance from the rest of the league, but it's not, it's not so far. Uh, let's like Let's take a look at the table, how it's uh, currently uh, standing with the teams. Yes, so of course, right now we have Adara Armenia at the top of the Armenian Premier League table with 46 points after 17 games played. And right behind them, actually, uh, it's an only an eight-point gap right now is FC Punic, who is in very good form, winning last four out of their five matches. Uh, seven points behind Punic in third place and the last European spot is uh, Ararat Yerevan with 31 points, uh, who have a sizable eight-point gap between them and fourth place FC Noah on 23 points. At the bottom of the table, of course, there is Bekma, uh, currently sitting at uh, ninth place with seven points. Um, of course, FC Sevan is no longer uh, part of the equation, so the bottom one team is the only team getting relegated. Four points ahead of them are tied uh, between Van and Noravank, uh, who, as you know, we had previously mentioned, have made a handful of signings themselves. Uh, so it's going to be a very, very, very interesting second half of the Armenian Premier League season. Uh, we're very much looking forward to seeing who can get these three European spaces that are up for grabs in the APL. And, of course, the one that is up for grabs in the Armenian Cup. Um, Focus one second on goal difference. Mm-hmm. Look at the table. And... You could break literally. Wow. You could break the table down in three, three, three. Yes. You have three teams with positive uh, goal difference. Three teams with zero, zero. goal difference. Yeah. <laughs> zero, literally round, galore, galore, zero, and three teams with negative goal difference. And actually, if you know, if you look at them, uh, you have one team top and one team bottom that are pretty much far from the rest mm-hmm. and two you know the other two with 13 goals uh, uh 13 plus i don't know how to say that uh goal difference and the same in the bottom yeah two teams in other in van and noravank that have a slightly negative goal difference yeah it's very symmetrical uh, and, and, of course, it looks like Vaughn, Noravank, and Bekma are the relegation 
is where the relegation race is going to happen. I really hope they don't relegate Beckman. I don't Beckman. think there's relegation, though, this season, they, is it? I, I don't know. We thought about we thought that last season when we actually lost two clubs in the middle of the season, but they still relegated um, Shidok. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's it's going to be a toss-up. It's going to be up to the FFA. I think the... Um, the program of having Beckma playing uh, in the first division is too good to to drop them down to the second division. Um, I know that that doesn't necessarily sound fair to the rest of the clubs, but it just in terms of Armenian football development going forward, um, I I think it's I think it's been such a positive step and it needs to stay that way. Yeah, there are arguments uh, for and against, so. Literally anything can happen, and, and it, it wouldn't be uncalled for. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up for our first section <laughs> of the show, which is the Armenian Premier League notable transfers and Premier League so far. Uh, as you, If you don't know already, you can watch all the Armenian Premier League games on the Football Federation of Armenia YouTube channel. Go watch them. They're great. Very exciting games. Next up, we have Armenian Players Abroad. First up, we're going to start by talking about Urardu winger Abraham Portugalian, a very interesting name, who signed with Slovak second-tier leaders Podesbrova. He's 23 years old and should help them get to promotion uh, by the age of 24. Well, he'll be playing in the Fortuna Liga versus Tiko and uh, Slovan Bratislava. Um, d- decent transfer uh, for him. Obviously, not in the national team picture, um, but... You never know, realistically, if you're playing at the same level as Tico. If Tico's good enough for it, anyone is, you know? <laughs> so, we'll see. we'll see what happens there. And, and, yeah, and, you know, strikers and wingers and attacking midfielders is where we have the most depth. So, it's so it's going to be good for him, in a way, because it's going to go a little bit under the radar. No pressure. And sometimes that helps. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes it does help. Elsewhere... Petros Avetisian made the move to Shakhtar Karaganda officially. Uh, he already scored in a 1-3 loss versus Spartak Moscow. Um, good move or bad move for Petros? I think, uh, pers- to, in my opinion, personal move. Uh, I, I just, I just don't see how this is good. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, what do you guys think? I think it's lateral, pretty lateral. You know, uh, it's because both teams are slightly above uh, average in their leagues. But when you when it comes to Europe, you know, I don't know if Shakhtar are going to make Europe this season. And so on that front, maybe he could have delayed that transfer because Noah are, have a pretty decent uh, shot at European spots. But eventually... Shakhtar is better prepared than the average Armenian club to play European uh, cups, you know. And and he has had a spell in uh, in Kazakhstan where he did pretty great for a semester, but due to financial reasons, he had to come back for the to the APL. He has had a pretty unlucky career, so I don't know. Hopefully, this one works out for him this time. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Only time can tell. Um, elsewhere, uh, Varazat yeah, Haroyan. Speak of bad luck. Speaking of bad luck, yeah. Varazat Haroyan, Vasilios Pogosyan, and Gorman Velian have all fell out of the pecking order for various reasons 
for their respective clubs. Actually, as we're recording this right now, Cadiz is playing against Granada and they're tied nil nil the start of the second half. And Vato isn't even in the squad. Um, so this is very problematic. I don't, I don't like it's very annoying. Suspect. Yeah. I, I I mean I don't. Uh, I, I'm scared at this point. You think they might terminate his contract? No, no, no. That, that would, in fact, be good. <laughs> I mean, Cadiz, Cadiz <laughs> is benefiting. so bad. Cadiz is legit so bad. That would be a sigh of relief, you know. It's not his style. Vato's style is not to defend and defend and defend. He, For Armenia, that's not what he does, you know. Uh, he defends when he's got to defend, but he's a bowler, you know. He likes to pass. He likes to create from the back. And Cadiz does not leave him place for that. So terminating the contract would be good. No, I am fearing the I word. What's the I word? Uh, Don't make me say it. I seriously have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) He might be injured. Oh. Otherwise, he has been benched several times under the new coach. That wouldn't be offsetting off-putting or anything maybe oh we'll see we'll see if he's in the pictures of our training in the next couple days uh kadiz are pretty good about uploading pictures from their training um next up felix ferayan we spoke to him Uh, (laughs) i just got the job nice one yeah uh (laughs) we spoke to him has a he had a recurring back pain it's not quite serious but still uh and that has been kind of keeping him from getting consistent game time However, he is signed with the top-notch club at Hoifka with great facilities and training and professionals, and he's led by a good coaching staff. Um, so we're very confident that he will be back in between the sticks for Hoifka as they have qualified for the League Cup uh, knockout stages this weekend. Um, so uh, I guess we'll keep you guys updated on the Felix front, but hopefully he plays. Yeah, let's go, Felix. You got this. Chadens in your neck of the woods. What's up with him? This guy just doesn't stop getting better when it's that age where they don't usually get better. Um, He's scoring more goals, more assists. Uh, There, Anorthos is sitting uh, second. I'm not sure if I'll go right now. They're fourth place right now. They the they just played the last match of the season, uh, and they ended up fourth place, but they're only one point behind second and third place. Yeah, and champions. Okay. Yeah, champions yeah, yeah. Okay. Coming up. yeah, because of the um, yeah. So now they 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 got divided, and they're gonna play. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's there. Uh, he's scoring goals. He's uh, making assists. In his last few games, he's showing who he is as a right back. Um, they're also in the cup, so hopefully we'll hopefully he'll get a trophy this season as well and make it to Europe. Yeah, so uh, they play in the Cypriot First Division playoff. They play against Larnaca on March fifth. Uh, yeah, then... they play Ayak uh, Larnaca. Yeah, fifth of March. It's like next week, next. and then they've got the cup quarterfinal against Apoel. Yeah, so he's yeah, still two games. It's going to be bad, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> the league may be done, but as things are really heating up for uh, for Hovo and the Cypriot League. Um, yeah. Bro, yeah. in the last Apoel against Anorthosi, did you see that the, the, the bus windows? Yeah, yeah, there's more than the bus. There's more than the Oof. bus. 
There's tell, way tell, more tell than us. Tell us about that. Tell the audience about that. <laughs> well, if an Abuel fan is listening, they're going to think uh, I'm against them. Or if an Anorthos no, listens, not at all. they're going to think I'm against them. Yo, shout out Abuel fans. We love the banner supporting Atsak and Cyprus. Uh, they're a great team, really. In fact, I, I would have loved it more Armenians in Cyprus and Apoel for starters. Well, maybe with the current Ukrainian situation, uh, hopefully, like, I mean, maybe it might make a yeah, difference. Yeah, that should I be a know. hell of an opening. Yeah. Well, we'll see. S- speaking of uh, places that are cold, Amen, Denmark. <laughs> Good stuff happening over there for us, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, We suddenly have two Armenians in the Danish uh, league, top league, um, which is a great league, honestly. Andre Chalice beat Edgar Babayan in the Silkeborg against uh, Vela 3-0. Kept a clean sheet, which is great, dandy, I would say. But the week after that, immediately, roles have changed. Wow. Andre picked a light Picked up a light injury, and like the ones he usually gets, and uh, was sidelined from the, his squad. And on the other hand, Edgar Babayan assisted his first goal as Vele got their first win since November, and overall the third win this season. Uh, as we know, as you uh, you know, everyone. Uh, Edgar signed with a six-month contract. A team Vela that is fighting to stay on top flight has a tough situation, but they can make it. Either way, it's only a six-month contract, and Vela will play, speaking of domestic cups, they will play cup semifinal at the end of April against European sensation Midtjylland, which will be a very interesting matchup. And... Everything to play for for uh, Edo in the cup front and Andre Chalisher uh, and his team Silgabor doing pretty well on the league front. So both of them actually have something to play for and it's stay competitive. Yeah, and on my side of the hemisphere, uh, the MLS season is back underway this past weekend, and our boy Armenian national team attacking midfielder Lucas Zelarion had a goal and an assist in the MLS opener versus the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, shout out to the Brian and me podcast, our homies. Um, I watched the full 90, as I will be doing with all of Lucas's matches. He played exactly how you think he played. He didn't run that much. Every time he got the ball, he was super dangerous. His goal, if you haven't seen it by now, take a look at it. He dribbles past two guys with ease and a nice left-footed finish. His assist, fantastic. I mean, this guy needs to be better utilized with the national team. Um, I, I, I fully, fully, fully think that if you find a way to get this guy to work well with Vahan and Edo, man, we can have such a dangerous attack. I can tell you the answer to what would make the national team work better. <laughs> But everyone knows the answer. Everyone, everyone knows. Well, Everybody knows. I think uh, a, a place that a lot of people had a lot of complaints, and I, in my opinion, rightfully so, was up top no. right front, where don't, don't you do, where we didn't have that many goals coming. If we're, I don't think we have had a single goal <laughs> coming from a striker in like two years now, but but that all may change as Sako Adamian, a year, uh, who is on a year in, in a few months. Yeah. <laughs> 
Sakura Adaman, who is on loan right now to Bruges from a German side Hoffenheim, has scored his second goal in uh, in the Belgium League. He's had four appearances so far for Bruges, and this was his first time starting, and he scored a very, very acrobatic overhead kick. Uh, and I believe and it was what like a, a game it was. Yeah, it was they, a three They played win. the third the third place team, I think, and they were second. Yeah, and it I, was not an easy game. I believe are they top of the table right now, Bruges? I don't know. I I know they're 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 fighting to get to the cup final. They beat Ghent on the first uh, tie on the first game, one nil. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. They're so they're playing on Wednesday. Racking up form. Yeah, they're they're currently second place uh, in behind Union Saint Gallen. Is that how you say that one? Uh, and they're four yeah, points. They're on Saint and then they're four points ahead of Antwerp and five points ahead of Anderlecht. I believe they have a a championship um, playoff system in Belgium where the top four teams play each other in a knockout style tournament, and the first place team Honestly, gets crowned champion. I have no idea how the Belgium the Jupiler League works, but I just explained it to you. That's how it works. <laughs> uh, no, no, I I would have to double check. That's what I mean. Uh, but that's what not what I wanted to say. The thing is, I have been watching Sako's games because we know MLS, we know um, the Danish league, we know Extra Klasa in Poland, all places where there have been Armenians. Uh, several several times we know those leagues this is my first time watching belgian league mm-hmm. and honestly i think it's not that much better than the apl you no say disrespect. that but, but, but bruges is a huge club i mean 176 it, million total value that's surprising. the whole league that's the whole that's it's the whole Bruges combined times three exactly it's not just bruges though it's standard it's uh, Anderlecht. it's again it's gank they have like five teams that play at least have Europa League level, yeah. and it's if you think about it, it's not surprising that the APL does have a few teams that deserve to play at least Conference League, but we're a bit unlucky not to. Um, other than that, I think that the top five, top four APL sites would be slightly below mid-table in the Belgian. Yeah, the they would be league. competitive. I I would agree. I think they would be competitive in the in mid table for sure. Because it's clearly a transition league. I, I for what I'm seeing, it's clearly a, a transition league where filled with scouts from top five leagues. So yeah. everyone who's under 25, uh, I reckon that they would like play not to win, but to show off and and their skills and stuff. You know. Yeah. Uh, which makes it a pretty weird competition yeah uh speaking of uh uh transitions and stepping stones our boy vahan bichakchan football against from future stars and armenia national team vahan bichakchan has been on a tear tear i I don't i don't think if i I said big gun but i think by now this guy is a a fucking machine gun (laughs) wow yeah, he is an RPG. Insanity. Um, he, so far, has four appearances for his new side, Pogon, uh, all off the bench, and he's played about 90 minutes total. So he's played equivalent to one full game, half of that time <laughs> coming just in the last game alone, uh, which was a 3-0 loss to Lech Poznan. Messi who? The bench at halftime. 
Fahan has so far scored three goals. So that means he's averaging now a goal every 30 minutes. Um, Ronaldo who? And Pogon sits second place, two points behind Lech Poznan uh, in the league. Um, four games have gone by now. Vahan is yet to start. He's clearly become the go-to person. When is the coach going to pull the trigger and start our boy? I I think the Lech game was uh, the game changer. Uh, I would understand, you know, that you don't start the classic quote, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, <laughs> now he's got to fix something. Now he's got to do something. He's, he's got to change something. Now is the time for Vahan to start starting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would say it's now, baby. Yeah, uh, so it's been but, it's been good. It's been great. I just hope you know he needs to be. This guy needs to be starting for the national team, but we'll see. March is March is almost here. Uh, tomorrow's already March, and we have yeah, so much options. We, yeah, yeah, we're gonna talk we're, about. We're gonna start thinking team. about it. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a big ep. Tito, you talking. need to be here, man. Yeah, <laughs> for real. So, transfer window wrap-ups. Uh, talking about the most notable transfers from best to worst. Uh, we rank our best transfer of this window being Vahan Bichakchan's transfer to Bogon. Uh, second place, we think Felix Ferrayan to Hoifka is going to prove to be a very, very crucial transfer for Armenian football. Obviously. Third place, Sako Adamian, of course, uh, going Super to Bruges Sako. on loan. Fourth place, uh, Babayan's transfer back to Denmark, thank God. Fifth place, I think this new Nautic Grigorian news, I, I ranked it up to fifth place. I think him playing in the Polish league alongside oh, definitely is only going to, is only going to, you know, is it, it's crazy. Just sidebar. Sorry. How many times have we talked about when an Armenian player finally breaks through to a top league? We always say the same thing. We always say, oh, this is going to be the one that does it. You know, the one that's going to finally start bringing yeah, players. The and then, no. yeah, we saw it everywhere that Henrik went. Uh, Sako in the Bundesliga. <laughs> uh, There's still, I mean, the jury is still out on La Liga. We'll see. But I think this this Vahan <laughs> to Poland, because of how important of a how big of a springboard to European top five leagues Poland has been, this could be this could prove to really be the one that does it. It's crazy, but it really yeah, can be. The, the, those are the, the strategic ones, as you said, uh, crucial ones with Felix to Finland, Bahan to Poland. Uh, when it's not too big of a leap, and mm-hmm. in, in, in mid mid ranked European leagues see, yo, this Armenians can play, and this Armenians can be a good investment for us to sell later. Well, this is it. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, moving on in our list, number six, Girard Margarian and his transfer to the Ukrainian Premier League. Uh, Giro's actually not in Ukraine anymore. He is currently in Poland. Uh, he had to flee, which we will discuss shortly. Avedis Avedisian, the Greek-Armenian fullback who plays for go-ahead Eagles. Interesting enough, we have in Girard Margarian and Avedis Avedisian two left-backs, uh, both of which are actually going to be pretty out of form this semester. So that's going to be an interesting front to tackle when we talk national team. I would say eighth place is Pedro Savedician, as we mentioned, going to Shakhtar Karaganda. Uh, ninth place, another number 10, another attacking midfielder in Artur Avagimian going from uh, Olex- uh, from Odessa Chernomoritz, I believe, to Alexandria in the Ukrainian 
best clubs, one of the Ukrainian best clubs, but also going to be falling out of form with all the stuff that's going on there. Number 10, I would say, is Abraham Portugalian finally getting out of the APL. He wasn't getting that many minutes, and Slovakia is not at all a bad alternative. Speaking of Slovakia, number 11 would be Tikran Pasekian, because it's also another lateral move, I would say, from Astana to Slovan Bratislava. So it's not good, not bad. It's meh. Uh, number 12 and uh, also in Kazakhstan this time also Astana getting now the player not selling the player Gamo Vanessian that comes from uh, Kairat also in Kazakhstan and the last um, transfer number 13th notable transfer the one that's in my opinion unilaterally unequivocally Bad B A D capital B. Arthur Danielian, the defender with so much potential, going from FC Sevan, had a trial at Noah. Well, none of that happened. He went to one of the worst teams in the Greek second tier that are going to get relegated to third tier, Panseraikos. Bad move, Arthur. Bad move, bro. <laughs> uh, well, there's been a rumor, though, isn't there? Yeah, there has been a, a rumor. Uh, unconfirmed. We don't know who. We don't know what. We don't know where. But we do know that an Armenian player from the Armenian Premier League is likely to sign with a Spanish club very, very soon. Um, most likely this news is going to come out after we're done recording this. And this episode is going to come out the next day. So maybe we might know by then or we might not know. Uh, but there can there be... There has been speculation, though, on the... On the Noah yes. uh, Celta agreement. Yeah, as we know, uh, as we as we mentioned in a previous episode, uh, FC Noah and Celta Vigo have uh, had some form of an agreement where they are going cooperation. to be some cooperation between the youth players, first team players, so on and so forth, and just taking a little gander through the squad, we have a hunch. Uh, we have a hunch that it may be Matevosian. Mm-hmm the goalkeeper mm-hmm. from FC Noah, who we really want to play for the Army national team, who we actually suspect will very he much will. be in, in, in the actually, squad. Armin, the FFA president, Armin Milikbekian, said on one of the last, uh, latest uh, pressers that one of the players close to the national team they were they have been following was actually Grigor Mateosian, so that's mm. a good one. And the second one that we suspect may, may be Jordi Jao Ararat. Uh, but mm-hmm. we, we don't know. So Spanish we'll speaker. Spanish speaker. It might, it might just work out. Also plays for the Armenian national team. It could be good. We'll see what happens. Um, but the final segment of the episode, let us address uh, the polar bear in the room, uh, for lack of a better phrase. FIFA and UEFA have banned <laughs> the Russian national team and RPL from any kind of activities at every level. This means youth national team all the way up to the senior national team where Russia was supposed to play in a World Cup playoff against Poland. This means Spartak Moscow, who was in the uh, Europa League, who were supposed to play against RB Leipzig. They will not be playing RB Leipzig anymore. Um, This means Russian football is essentially completely isolated right now from the rest of the world. Speaking Um, of frozen. I hope now our Armenian players don't think Kazakhstan. Let's go. Yeah, so this leads us to a couple of different topics that we are going to discuss. 
the first topic is current Armenian players, Armenian national team players playing in Russia and how that's going to affect them. Uh, we, of course, have Eduard Sverzian, our lord and savior, um, and Horik Bayramian, uh, two players that we think are very important to the national team, uh, who currently play for Krasnodar and Rostov, respectively, and who actually both those clubs did not play um, in the past weekend for the RPL. What's going to happen to them? Um, it's a huge question mark. No one really knows the answer. Um, another question uh, is what's going to happen to all of these, you know, ethnic Armenian players who are playing in Russia who are still eligible to play for Armenia. Um, that's going to be another big thing. Uh, we don't want to get too political on this, but um, th- there's clearly a, a very... I mean, we can't avoid it. So. Yeah, we can't. There's there's such a large double standard in, in, in what's happened here. Uh, we're not saying it's bad. I mean, I, I think I speak for all of football against when I say... Uh, FIFA and UEFA finally made the right decision after being screamed at over social media for weeks. Um, but it's it's just hard to wrap our head around why this same type of action wasn't taken when Turkey and Azerbaijan were invading Armenia. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just like how Gazprom, the state gas company, yeah. Of, of Russia is it was a main sponsor of FIFA and UEFA. So was Sokar, which is, has the same function for Azerbaijan. But we yeah, didn't mm-hmm. see these types of, you know, similar activities happening. And it's a little disheartening and, of course, upsetting. And if you do see any Armenians on social media right now, um, they're probably very angry, like all the time. Yeah, reach out. And, and reach out to them and really discuss and, and, and talk to them and really get an understanding of why we feel the way we feel. Um, and we have, you know... We have our own thoughts and feelings about Russia. Uh, we definitely we have our own thoughts and feelings about the Ukraine, uh, which we won't get into on this show. But yeah. mm-hmm. if you're seeing and, and and kind of wondering why Armenians all haven't been unequivocally vocal in support of Ukraine, there are many very very valid and good reasons as to why. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of the sporting world, um, this is going to affect affected as well. This is going to affect it as well. Big yeah. time. I mean, look, mm-hmm. we have our national team left back who can't play. Mm-hmm. We have Arthur Abadimian, yeah. who is a national team prospect, who we were really looking forward to playing, can't play. And of mm-hmm. course, um, in times like this in the world, football should take a backseat to everything that's going on. Um, it's that no doubt about that in, in my mind. I think, you know, the, the, the health, welfare and safety of everyday citizens of Ukraine it definitely takes precedent to football any day of the week. Um, and, and that goes for every country as a matter of fact. So there you go. Um, we understand it. We understand it. We lost, we lost players <laughs> yeah, as well. The first to understand. Yeah. We're, we had soldiers as well who, who were football players mm-hmm. and they lost their lives. We ha- we had a team. It lost we, its purpose. Bro. It lost this his is, existence. Yo, <laughs> yeah, yo, for real. This is this is triggering some shit memories. Uh, let's let's stick to football, man. Yeah, yeah. And so there was, football football gets affected by politics, and it, it's something that cannot be avoided. But the most important thing is that we should we should use our voice to mm-hmm. to support that uh, our nation, whatever our nation is feeling. And whatever any nation is feeling and how it gets affected in football. So we speak in football terms and we're speaking of how we got affected as well. Yeah. Um, 
but now that now that Russia has been hit with these, you know, footballing sanctions, I think I think we can call it that. Um, a lot of questions are going to be flying around about the career yeah. of young, talented Russian Armenian footballers. Um, we're of course we're talking about Nair Tiknizian is the first name that springs to mind, who current left back for Lokomotiv <laughs> Moscow. We have Stepan Organesian, who plays for Spartak. Tigran backup from eh, Seska eh, Academy. We have the Sevikian brothers, who play in Spain. Maxim Kachaturian of Sochi, who just broke into the first team. Uh, we have yeah. Galoyan and Sarkisian, who play for Velas Moscow. I mean, a lot of questions flying around about the future of these players. Um, I'll open this up to both of you guys. What do you think is going to happen? Is it likely that these, you know, although very shitty circumstances, but is this finally going to be the tipping point for some of these players? For some, for sure. I don't know how many, but yeah, I, I reckon we would get out of those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players you mentioned, we should get at least two or three. Uh, all of these players you mentioned, by the way, are uh, under 24, 23 years old, so, and, and, and they're all raw talent, you know. So we should get two. Getting three or more would already be a win for us. Uh, on my end. But of course, also a transfer. They should get a transfer, by the way. That that as well. Yeah, I was gonna touch upon that. On my end, it's ninety percent of what happens and ten percent of what uh, a person reacts to a situation that has that has happened to them. What I mean by this is that this has happened. It's a 90%. It's a situation that 10% will, uh, will if in football world, it will be 9% depends on the football federation making the, the next step. That 1% will depend on the player's decision. Now it's an opportunity to, to take, uh, hopefully, like Armin said, we don't know the number, but hopefully it's good. And hopefully that number is used effectively in the future. And there's also the transfers, how that's going to play out. Hopefully, hopefully there are many teams that are taking note of this. Many big teams that are not taking note of this. And I hope they're from the West. They're coming from the Western European sides. And we get something good out of this. Yeah, because right now our strong preference would be, you know, for us, one of our talisman players, Edward Spertian, he, I mean, it would be best for him to leave now. I mean, terminate the contract. The, the club owner of Krasodar, who is a very wealthy Russian-Armenian mm-hmm. oligarch, um, has been, I mean, I, I believe the, the sanctions from America and, the, and Europe have drastically affected him. I think he lost, God, I read what the number was. Uh, Oof. A couple, like, I want to say $300 million so far is through the sanctions. So, I mean, this, he's going to have to make cuts somewhere. And I think, naturally, football might be the first place where he looks. And, you know, let's see what happens. But uh, hopefully hopefully they can get out of there. I mean, it's not not a place that I would want any of our Armenian players to be. At all. Um, anyway, March is going to be a 
very hopefully enjoyable month for Armenia. Uh, we have a national team friendly camp coming up. Uh, we're hoping to see a lot of new faces in that camp. Uh, we're hoping to see a lot of good returning faces. Uh, but more importantly, I think we're hoping to see um, different players being utilized. Uh, we don't really care much about results when it comes to friendlies. Of course, it's nice to get a win against big, you know, good teams. Performance re- results we want. Yeah, we want to see individual performances. That's what we care about. So um, hopefully, uh, you know, before our next episode, for sure, Joaquin Caparos will announce his squad uh, for the friendlies. And we will, of course, be giving our in-depth analysis uh, of that squad and our thoughts and opinions and uh, what we are looking forward to. Um, so let's end it like this, uh, boys. Give me one player that you want to see called up to the national team squad for this March friendlies. Uh, Chadens, we'll start with you. Give me one player you want to see in this squad. Ooh, tough. Uh, if you need a minute, I can kick it over to Armin. Yeah, Armin. Armin, you go. Armin, go. One player you want to see. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's just one. I would love to see so many. Because you got your goalies, your goalkeepers, you got your center backs, you got your defensive mids. Three positions we need players. Which one should I take? What do you what do you want me to say? Go hey, whoever you want, or whoever defensive you want. Whoever, whoever you want. All right. Um, it's so tough. It's like when you get to an ice cream <laughs> shop and you know you get to the ice cream place and I guarantee, say, I guarantee you, we're thinking of the two other ones too already. So you give us whoever you you're thinking of. All right, all right. Uh, I'll I'll start with uh, Hike Musakhanian then. Okay. Interesting. Why? He's young. He's versatile. Can play center back and defensive mid. Mm-hmm. He's tall. Um, he's got a lot to offer. And our, yeah, I think that would be the reason. Okay. A child ends? Oh, uh, I, I think Najarian. Najarian, yeah, yeah, that's another good one, yeah. I, I think Najarian, I want to see that central midfield role. Yeah. I want to see control in the central midfield role. This, this uh, too much of Liverpool has <laughs> caused me thinking too much of the central midfield role. It's something like, I want an Armenian Thiago there. Yeah, man, uh, me too. Uh, my pick. He needs to pick up form. Yeah, but my, he's amazing. Yeah. My pick, Arthur Kartashian. That's who I want to see. I want to see him play. Uh, I want to see him play in both three, games. Three field players. Good. Yeah. I was gonna say his name, but I. Was, yeah. I think there's been like six episodes we've said his name. I know, because it's about time, man. It's about time this guy gets into yeah. the damn team. It's killing us. Um, all right, gentlemen. Thank you. That's gonna be it for today's episode of Football Gentron. Uh, if you haven't already, please share, like, subscribe, uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that jazz. Uh, tell, tell, tell your friends about Football Gentron. I'm sure they would love to listen to us. Um, <laughs> so that's it for us. We will see you guys next time with our thoughts and opinions on the Armenian national team squad for the winter uh, for the March camp. 
Uh, thank you for listening. And that's going to be it. Goodbye.